Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we talk with people leading creative, outside the box, I mean outside the church building, ministries that inspire and engage us. Our vision is to unfold God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Our hope is that these stories will help you find ways to engage in your own communities as we work together for a more just and loving world. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Marta. What's happening? Oh, you know, we're just living a dream over here. I know. I am super excited because we are um, finally closing out season five with our very last episode. And I just want to do a quick little recap on season five. Um, This season, we have been focusing on turning over tables. And we have had these amazing questions from people in our congregation and also people outside of our congregation um, who have challenged us uh, and the church to look at patterns and behaviors that really question why we do what we do why we think what we think and why we believe what we believe. So we think that the turning over tables image is perfect for that. And here's the funny thing, as I actually, I love the naked pastor artwork. And I know I mention it a lot because it's just so, um, it's kind of radical, but he just made this one cartoon and the church is a building on the ground and two people are dragging it along into the future and it happens to be two sheep and here's the funny thing is that the two sheep are color-coded as people that are marginalized and so the people that are actually trying to make progress with the church are the ones that are pulling it and along and I just think that image is sort of what we're trying to do with this turning over tables business. Yeah, I like that. Do you like that? Yeah, I have to, um, maybe we can put it somewhere so people can see it. I know, that would be great. Maybe on our on our Facebook, Jesus has left the building Facebook page in which everybody mm-hmm. should like anyway, because they can get updates on all of that. So anyway, this is our last episode in season five, and we are excited about what is brewing for season six, but we're not going to say a whole lot about that now. Just stay tuned. Just stay tuned because that season will be starting in uh, a couple of months, I think. So anyway, today there are two people in our congregations and I'm going to call them matriarchs and they're going to laugh so hard because (laughs) I think they feel like they're not matriarchs, but they are. They have a lot of leadership skills and they do a lot for our little congregation and they actually had some really good questions about this turning over tables and we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But first I wanted to talk to Mandy. Mandy, I wanna talk to you about, I am like so overwhelmed with our divides and extremists that have surfaced. It's shocking. We, We have some significant divides. And I think, you know, we have to be really honest about 
those divides, you know, I think it's really easy to dehumanize and to say, um, well, it's because of them, whoever them is, right? Like whoever the other side is. Um, but the ways that we all play into that, that we are all um, so embedded in this system of dehumanization and partisanship and, um, you know, really just like, I mean, it's, it's, it's hurtful and it's harmful. It really is. And, you know, it's, what's interesting for me is that pre-pandemic, I did not find these, the gap with these divides to be as wide as they are right now. So there has been something about this, the global pandemic that has really, I mean, we can name so many of the things, let's start with healthcare, for example, um, that have caused these extremists on the right to rise through these grassroots efforts all over the country, and also the extremists on the far left that are fighting back against that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think most of our listeners know sort of where Mandy and I fall on the spectrum, because our uh, it's pretty clear. <laughs> it is pretty clear because we are, I think, super committed to human dignity and equality for all people. But the other day I was in the car with Roger, my husband, and Tiffany, who is a friend of both Mandy and I, and they got in this huge banter. We were coming home from an event and they got in this huge banter and conversation that boiled up around some of the extremist issues. And what we would call really human rights issues. And Roger and Tiffany were going back and forth and I actually wasn't feeling very well. So I um, tuned out, but I, but I still listened to all of, all of the things that they were saying. And here are some of the few of the things right now happening in our town in Colorado Springs. We have these anti-equity platforms that have basically opposed one of our school district's um, attendants um, who was pursuing that superintendent work, superintendent who was pursuing that exact work and so that has crashed and burned all of a sudden and so that that person isn't able to do effective equity programs in our school district that both Mandy and I's kids are actually in. And so for me, there is these big equity issues in that school district that the extremist right is holding so much of that power and the extremist left is doing everything to fight against that. Like, what do you do with that, right? How do you, how do we as faith leaders lead people into um, really grounding themselves in those, in, in their values and in their faith to do the right thing? It is, it is hard for me, I have to say. It's super hard. I mean, my dissertation, my doctoral dissertation, um, you know, really explored that whole idea in this, you know, in this very personal way. Um, but I look at um, the one place in scripture um, where Jesus speaks about how to, um, you know, actually give some instruction about 
how to deal with interpersonal context is in the Gospel of Matthew, um, chapter 18, where um, he says, you know, if you have a problem with a person, you go to that person. And then if you have a problem with that person still and you can't get it resolved, you take someone with you and then you go back with the community. And then the final instruction is, you know, to treat that um, person who's still, you know, you can't get on the same page with like a Gentile. Um, and as I did my research, you know, what I think Jesus was really saying is like, what did Jesus do with the Gentiles? He went back to them again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. Um, and tried to gather them into the fold and to um, eat with them and to engage with them. And I think um, in our culture right now, what we're doing is writing people off, not just at the end of that, you know, prescription from Jesus, but at the beginning, like mm -hmm. there are so many people on the right and the left who, um, don't ever even have a conversation with someone that they disagree with. They literally just, oh, that's where you sit on this issue. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Right. I mean, so it's all for, I think what Mandy and I are saying is that relationship is huge. But then, right. you know, I walked into church the other day and there's um, a gentleman there that is really invested in these um, conversations across divides. And I was like, that's cool. But what do we do about the Idaho House of Representatives that passed this legislation last week that it is a crime for a trans child to leave the state? to get healthcare, right? And then what do you do with the, um, what do you do with the, the, the directive by Texas Governor Greg Abbott um, around um, Texas families and the potential child abuse of gender transitioning? Like, what do you do with that? And then what do you do with Florida's House of Representatives who passed a bill Thursday that will prohibit anybody from saying the word gay at school? right? What do we do with all of that? As people who like deeply value human dignity and human rights and, and also trying to close that, those gaps and have relationships with people across the divides. I actually, I don't know. No I have no <laughs> answers for that in any way, shape or form, but, um, what I do know is that these th these are really hard things to to I don't know to hold space for, and sometimes for me, just naming them out loud and trying to grapple with them is a big part of the work. And so, anyway, I want to put out uh, Leslie and Cindy's questions today. Leslie asks. I have read that we have to do inner work, but if we have people who want to do action and work, but are not willing to dive deep into their work, what is it? Why is it essential to do inner work so that our actions do not cause harm to others? I love this question because I, when anybody asks me about mission in the church, I first start with an answer around education. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you can, 
toxic charity is such a simple um, hole to fall into, right? You can think that you understand a problem um, from your own perspective and your own lens and actually do work that is more harmful to the problem because you don't understand the perspective and the lens and the experience of the people who are actually experiencing that problem, right? Like I think um, I, I don't actually know what a person who um, is homeless right now needs because not only am I not homeless right now, I've never been homeless. I don't know, you know, it is food security the most important thing? Is housing the most important thing? Is clothing the most important thing? Is finding work the most important thing? I don't know because I've never experienced that particular hardship. Um, and so I think, but because we think, oh, well, they're unhoused, it's because they probably need a job. So we need to find jobs for them, right? right. And so and then we do all this work to create jobs and that may not be actually the thing at all. Right, well, you know, and the, and the other thing that it does is when we, when we get to decide that we're deciding because we have power and privilege to decide. Right. So we can contemplate all we want, but that's because we have the time and space and resources to be able to do that. And so at the end of the day, the mission becomes someone over the other. And mm -hmm. that is not what Jesus taught us to do. That was not the work that we were called to. And so what I would say, Leslie, is that at every turn, if, if a people wants to do a mission, and there's a topic to first have a class or have some kind of reading and study alongside that work. So they can happen at the same time or the, the education can happen before, but the education is just as part of the work and mission um, as the actual boots on the ground um, active work in the community, right? You actually do that intellectual work. It helps you connect to that heart work and where you stand in that space. And I was just going right. to say that because she speaks to that inner work. And I think that that when you have, the, when you take the time to do the study, then it gives you more time to sort of figure out that personal stuff. Right. And, you know, going back to our conversation about relationship. Um, I mean, it's the opposite of dehumanizing, right? When you hear those stories, when you understand who um, those people are who quote unquote need your help, um, it changes the whole dynamic. And so that building relationship, I mean, there's nothing like asking a person who is in need, what do you need? <laughs> um, right. As opposed to saying, here, this is what you need. Right. Okay. So here's Cindy's question. How do we get it so wrong? Jesus was all about seeing the marginalized. The modern church is all about judging everyone who doesn't believe exactly how they believe. And my friends, this is on the left and the right. So that is her question. How did we get it so wrong? 
And I'd like to blame it on the Roman Greco society, <laughs> but we Reasonable. actually don't have to, we don't actually have to go back that far with answering this question because I don't know. I think that power and privilege and the institution of the church that was built around people who were being highly educated to do the work and left behind everybody else is essentially how we got it so wrong. Right, and that power and privilege is seductive, especially when the church can convince you that it's the right thing, right? right. Like when, I mean, I, I, I was watching a um, testimony for a, um, I think it was like a, you know, a church's financial campaign, the way that God has provided resources to them because they first gave to the church feels really scary to me because what I think that says, these are not the words that they said, and probably they would be appalled that this is my interpretation, but what that says to me is God doesn't provide for people who don't give to the church or people who aren't Christian or people who are not in that particular community. Like that theology of prosperity which is rampant in the Christian churches across the board. Um, that idea of blessing of God gives me what I need because I'm good, because I give to the church, because I do charity work, because like what the opposite of that is God is making life shitty for people who don't. Right. And if that is where you are coming from, it is really, really easy for that power and privilege to feel like it's ordained by God. Well, I mean, it, it is an exclusive God right? and therefore an abusive God. Right. And that is not the God that I want to know. That is not the God that is steadfast with me. That is not the God. That's that not the honors. God that is in the gospels. That is not right. the God that Jesus represents in the gospels. It's just not. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a God that is not celebrating the full range of diversity of um, God is made in the image of each and every single one of us, not just a certain group of us. More than anything for this particular episode, because there was all this conversation and questions around mission and action and inclusivity or slash exclusivity in the church. I wanna give people out there some resources um, so first of all, in Colorado Springs, there is this Neighbors for Education that you can search for for more information that is gathering to do the good work of um, figuring out more equity in our school system, particularly in District 11. Um, there's a couple of national and international groups for those of you that don't know. Um, one is the BlackLivesMatter.com. 
Mukam, which mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities. You can search that and there's all kinds of things. This also goes along with the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival through public demonstrations all over the country. Mandy, wouldn't it be so cool if Dr. Barber came to Colorado Springs and did a public demonstration. That would be kind of amazing. I also want to put out the book um, that we're hoping to engage in the season of Easter um, called The Cross and the Lynching Tree by Dr. James Cone, which is a guide to learn more about racial justice. And I think, oh, one more thing um, that Together Rising is an organization started by author and po podcaster Glennon Doyle to transform collective heartbreak into effective action. And so if you're someone that just can't be boots on the ground, cannot commit any more time to outside of your family life, but you have funds to give, they are awesome. And they are actually doing some fundraising for um, the people of Ukraine right now. Um, and they're very specific on where that those funds go. So you can customize your table turning actions um, in the next little bit. Not everyone does it the same way. Um, some educate and are educated. Some advocate in public demonstrations. Some give love offerings um, or simply asking questions and being curious, especially when it's safe to do that. Jesus has left the building in so many ways and places. There is not just one way to do this. And so I wanna just honor the diversity out there in the world. Mandy, do you have anything to add to all of those awesome ways to bring human dignity and equality and meet um, Jesus in the public square? Yeah, I think that, um... Those are all really great resources. And um, I just, I mean, this is somewhat unrelated, but I just wanna say thanks to our listeners for sticking with us through this kind of weird um, and rocky time that we've experienced over season five. Um, and we're super excited about um, what's coming next. So stick with us and um, definitely follow us on Facebook um, and, Check us out at www.blackforestcommunitychurch.com. Um, we have a podcast tab where you can get information as well. Thank you and see you next season. Bye. Bye. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at JHLTB and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or become a patron on our Patreon account at patreon.com JHLTB to commit monthly to this project. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. We give thanks to Black Forest Community Church and the Tributary Fund of the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ for their ongoing support. We could not do this without all who support Jesus has left the building.